You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, week three was tough. You hanging in there okay? Yes. I, you know, it was an ugly game to be certain. But uh, uh, you know, the, I think the key thing is to stay away from people on Monday because people have bad <laughs> things to say usually no matter what happens. So even when you win. O- only on Mondays though? Yeah. What? Uh, you, but, but usually, That's usually by t- Tuesday you can start working your way. But Tuesdays usually I, I'm watching tape, anyways. You know, so uh, I don't really, uh, I don't usually get back onto Twitter fully until Wednesday. I don't think. Yeah, Monday's the best day of Twitter. <coughs> Let me just say that it's it's, it's where it's, it's, it's where you it's where day. you thrive. There's no doubt. I mean, you're the king of you're the king of <laughs> Twitter Mondays. I'm sure. Like I'm sure. I haven't even looked at your timeline, but I am sure your timeline oh, today it's, it's, has been it's on fire. I, yeah, you've thrown everything <laughs> against the wall, and whatever makes people the most mad, you keep hitting it. That's about yeah. right. All right, so coming up on today's show, we review the Cowboys' Week 3 loss to the Seattle Seahawks. The Cowboys fell 24-13. to And let's go ahead and start with the offense because that seems to be the, the point that everybody's talking about today. No! Um, and let's start... Yeah, really, <laughs> I haven't been on Twitter, let's but I could have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with Dak Prescott, and I will just... I'll, I'll throw it to you. What happened to the Cowboys' passing game on Sunday? Well, I mean, I don't think we start with him. We, start, I mean, mostly everything that I feel like uh, most upset about what happened Sunday ha- has to do with the offensive line. The offensive line does not look good at all, and so we re- we already got our first disagreement. But go ahead. Well, I mean, the, the offensive line is like they're supposed to be the elite part of this team, right? I mean, sure. And the offensive line has not played elite yet this this season. Um, and the people that are, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't say it has played poorly though. I would say that they play, they've given up, how many sacks have they given up in three games? Yeah. Right. I, I, and that's, that's fair. But a lot, I would say a lot of those sacks are quarterback. I know sacks, I, at least half I, of them I, it are. was, was the quarterback involved in Tyron Smith being spun around like a spin cycle by Frank Clark or uh, Zach Martin, well, Zach after, Martin missing well, a loop. Oh, here's the or, thing. Or you know, like after the game, Fra- after the game, Frank Clark said the reason he was able to get a jump so easily on this offense, or, you know, on the, some of these snaps was because the Cowboys never changed their snap count. He 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 knew what the snap count was, and that's why he was able to get that quick jump off the line of scrimmage. I mean, that does. I mean, okay, that that accounts for Frank Clark's portion of it. What about Zach Martin missing loops? I mean, offensive linemen giving up sacks in other games. I mean, I, I think like it's of course, of course, everyone's default to go to the quarterback. But I actually think that at times the quarterback wasn't even the worst part. The quarterback is like, like. The the problem is is that everyone blames the the part of the of the of the team that like is the the portion that's being you know provided to. They're not blaming the guys that are the the best parts of this team that are supposed to be helping carry the rest of this unit and you know providing for the rest of the unit because they don't want to like look at the idea that Tyron Smith has been playing terribly so far this year. Zach Martin actually has not played well this year. Well, you know, like I think that that's 
too scary for them because they think, oh, well, with Linehan, Dak, I know these things. But, you know, Dak put the ball in, in, in the wide receiver's hands a couple different times, and they just dropped him. Zeke Zeke had just about as bad, if not worse, a game than Dak, and he had better statistical numbers. You know, like I, I think before we are, you know, I mean, and listen, Dak played terribly. Like I'm not suggesting that he didn't play terribly, but if we're gonna go to blame, like I, I want to go. People call me an optimist a lot because you know I'm not quick to blame you know this that this what the other. Where I am quick to blame is the guys who are supposed to be the elite players on this team because of the great players, a lot is expected. So when Zeke performs like this, or when the offensive line performs like this, I immediately turn to them because they're supposed to be fixing this crap. They're supposed to be the bomb that's supposed to make this work. And if they're not, if they, if they, if they don't have the capability of doing that, then yeah, guess what? Dak isn't necessarily good enough to win on on it by himself on the road in Seattle. You know, if he's not getting any help from anybody. That so is it the is the offensive line just playing poorly, or are they not adapting to this new coach they have in Paul Alexander? Because. You look back at the last few years in Cincinnati, and they have not had a good offensive line either. They got rid of Paul Alexander, brought in Frank Pollock, and all of a sudden their offense is playing much better up there in Cincinnati. Is this a concern now for the Cowboys that they don't have the right coaching staff in place for this offensive line? I have concerns that the players aren't playing well. I mean, I, don't, what, uh, I mean, like I, I don't know that the the technique is such that it should have, you know, been this detriment you know detrimental to what's going on i mean it, it's it's the same sort of problems that they had in previous years with pass protection that uh, you know was more injury related but it doesn't you know i, I don't know if it's if you know it's frederick miss, being gone and, and maybe calls are getting missed more often or if it's just like an overall needing to compensate for a lack of frederick i don't know i mean it's i, I think it's again it's probably a, a whole bunch of little things, you know. It's probably not just the Paul Alexander or that Tyron Smith is playing bad or whatever. It's probably oh, a whole bunch of little things. But to me, um, you know, like if you can't, I, there was just at the end of the game, like there was they, they were there was just the only time that Dak was able to move the ball was when he got a little bit of daylight, a little bit of time in the pocket. But most of the time it didn't feel like he was getting any. Um, and, uh, you know, this was <laughs> like, this isn't even the best defensive line we're going to face this year. Like th- that's, that's my, that's my point is, weeks, is that yeah. like, this was a, supposed to be a mismatch. Like, and it was, it was a mismatch, but not that way. And I and I'm kind of you know if we're gonna talk about being sick and tired of things around here, I'm tired of talking big about this offensive line and then having them let me down again, you know because and that's and that's 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 where I feel the most effort. The, the the you know I feel like Dak played poorly. I feel like Zeke played just as poorly as Dak. I feel like. I have blames going towards the offensive coordinator, but not for the play calling. Uh, but I think the the problem is the with the offensive coordinator and the coaching has to do with the coordination of the offense, <laughs> and it seems to be out of sorts. But the actual play calling, I didn't have an issue with because I think you know they they call plays that 
schematically seem to work, but wide receivers drop balls, you know, players step out of bounds doing stupid stuff. Right. I mean, there's just like, it seemed like the play calling sequence was correct. It seemed like the execution of the play calling was poor. I want to get to more about the offense and the offensive coordinator, but let's pause and let's take a break so I can tell you guys about my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past, and that is why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win. You get paid. I want to talk about Scott Linehan. Uh, we kind of all offseason talked about how this Cowboys offense was going to be an offense where they weren't going to have a traditional number one receiver. You were going to see uh, more innovation. You were going to see more RPOs to maybe keep defenses off balance. Uh, you were going to see some uh, new ways they were going to use Cole Beasley and Ezekiel Elliott out of the backfield as receivers. And through three games... That's not really been the case. It's been a lot of what we saw last year. Uh, the Cowboys aren't driving the ball down the field. They have just three completions this year uh, beyond 15 yards. It's pretty clear that this offense is a dink-and-dunk offense. Um, why do you think that we haven't seen the innovations that we were kind of promised over the summer uh, with the Cowboys? I mean, I don't, I don't think the innovations part of this is the problem. It's it's and it might not be, but ex- you're just not seeing anything ridiculously new that we haven't already seen before. I mean, I f- I feel like I've seen some new stuff. I don't, I mean, I feel like they're they're using Tavon Austin in ways that they hadn't really used anybody before, and I think that that's I think that they're using what's what's worked well. But the problem is, is that Tavon Austin seems to be the end of that list. You know, when when you've got you know, plans for Michael Gallup and. I don't know what Michael Gallup's targets look like in season, but it's terrible. And you know, and he's had sure. two different situations where he's had balls that have been thrown onto him and that he should have caught and would have been for big plays. I think that you know they basically got to a point where everything they were trying to execute basically wasn't working uh, at, in two different games now. And so the idea of like you know throwing in razzle dazzle you know willy nilly on second and fourteen because you can't execute a basic play seems pointless and and you know not something that's going to work. Uh, you know I, I think the 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 constraint aspect of this offense was based on execution. I mean, frankly, all of this is supposed to be based on efficiency and execution and there's no efficiency or execution going on right now in this office so i don't understand like you know how you we can sit here and blame the calls for that i mean if look if you like i said if you want to talk to talk about the offensive coordinator and his inability to get the offense in sync through the personnel to get in sync with the 
with the with the game plan. I mean, we could talk about that part for sure. Maybe there's issues in practice. Or I, I don't know. But, I mean, as far as, like, a lack of creativity or whatever, like, you know, that's all constraint stuff. I mean, there's not, like, I mean, they're, the way that they get creative is by forcing you to to play to their tells, to their tendencies, and then mixing that up, you know, and, and, and like, you know, going counter to conventional thought of what the Cowboys should be running or play calling. But if they can't execute their basic offense, you know, that the, there's not, there's not really going to be a point of, you know, getting creative because it's you're now you're just operating something that they're not afraid of anyways. You know, the whole point that gets, the whole point you get open on plays like that is because the defense is overcommitting to what their preconceived notion of what the play call is. And then you get going the other way and suddenly players are breaking free. But if, if, if you can't strike, you just, you know, basic fear by operating basic plays, you know, then there's going to be issues. I mean, again, again, this was a situation where the Cowboys were, you know, they did 95% of the play on third down, like, I don't know, five different times and but that last five percent completely stumbled them up and they didn't get they didn't get the job done and now they're off the field again and kicking the ball again and giving them back the ball you know i i think it's it's this is about execution this is about the players not doing the jobs that they're supposed to be doing in my mind i I mean again i still want to see the all 22 uh, to kind of confirm my thoughts on especially the offensive line stuff, but I mean, this to me is is not, you know, I mean, this to me is not a situation where they're not getting the right calls done. This is to me the the, the calls seem to be okay. It's just that the players aren't, for, you know, fulfilling the goals, even though the, the the situation is set up for them to succeed at times. I, I I just struggle so much with what's going on with this offense because the last eight games of 2017 and the first three games of 2018 look like there's the same problems all the way across the board. You have leaks in the offensive line. Now, in 2017, we were thinking, you know, once Ezekiel Elliott comes back, he's going to fix everything and everything's going to be okay and they're going to be right back to where they were before the suspension. That just didn't happen. Uh, it, it could be the offensive line. It could be maybe Zeke's not the same player he was at the 2016. I don't know. I don't think Zeke's had a great start to the first three games this year. The quarterback's not playing well. It, it just seems like this whole offense is so clunky. It, 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 there's nothing that feels right about it. You have the the offensive coordinator calling plays into the quarterback coach who calls in plays to the quarterback that seems weird. Doesn't it just feel like everything is just off with this offense right now? They're, they're the 31st ranked offense in the league right now. They're, they're way too talented to be that poor, right? I mean, you would think so, but here we are. You know, I mean, so I, I, you know, I, that's why it's like it, it, it's they're 31st in the league, and, and we're sitting here trying to blame this on one thing. Like it, no, I think it's a lot yeah, of things. I, I mean, think I think it's maybe a whole the whole I'm, situation. I'm to the point where the whole maybe the whole nucleus isn't you know doesn't need to be here next year. I mean, I I don't think it's one of the things where okay, all of a sudden you get rid of offense or you know you get rid of Scott Linehan and all of a sudden things are better. We have had we've seen these guys in their certain roles for several years now, and it's just not working. At what point do you have to move on from at least one piece? 
to see if something works. I mean, I think that's what they did. I mean, I think that's why they got rid of Adez Bryant. And, you know, I mean, I think, uh, look, I, I don't think that they are that far away from being, a, you know, a relevant offense, but they're just bad right now. Like, I mean, that that's just the way it is. Like, they're just playing poorly. I, I think that if, if execution were better, that they would be better. Is it good enough to be good? I don't know. I mean, but the, but the problem is, is that the offense isn't the only issue, you know. And we'll talk about the defense in a second, but like the defense played terribly too, you know. So yeah, let's go. Let's go ahead and jump to that defense because I, I, I do want to spend some time on it. We talked about this in our preview show that this is a game that the defense needs to win. They needed to hold Seattle to thirteen points. They needed to uh, to get to Russell Wilson and force turnovers. Instead, Seattle scored 24 points. Uh, Russell Wilson had a quarterback rating of 110. Um, he was 16 of 26, 192 yards, two touchdowns. Even worse, they ran for 113 yards. Uh, the, the Cowboys' defense did not show up in this game, at least in the first half. Allowing 17 first-half points to the Seahawks is completely unacceptable. What did you see on Sunday that happened to this defense? Uh, you know, again, I mean, this goes back to my my tendency is that you blame the guys who are supposed to be the the ones you know not the down roster guys the stars these are the guys who are supposed to be the engines of their team so they need to be the front line for what's going on and uh you know this defensive line it didn't get the job done at all on on Sunday, and and this and, and frankly, it got embarrassed. And 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 yes. and like this offensive line was terrible that they played against. They should have had five different sacks at least. They should have. There, no one should even be close to approaching a hundred yards rushing against this uh, offensive line. So uh, I, I start there. I mean, that was just a terrible performance by the defensive line, the defensive tier specifically. Um, and I think that that, you know, is a huge portion of what, you know, you don't, you don't have a loss like this without your best units playing terribly. And I think that is the, the to me, the story of the game walking out, off is that we got dominated uh, on our offensive line, where it was, we we had a, an advantage there. That wasn't nearly as embarrassing as being dominated on our defensive line, where we had a incredible advantage, uh, and we still could not get the job done. So uh, I think it starts there. Um, you know, the linebacker play was okay at times. I mean, it wasn't. I don't know that it was. Uh, the Achilles. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. If you look at the stats, if you look at the stats, you'll see Leighton Van Der Esch, 11 tackles, Sean Lee, 11 tackles, Jalen Smith, 8 tackles. If you were to just look at the box score, that would make it seem like these linebackers played outside their minds. I didn't think that was the case at all. I saw Jalen Smith a couple different times take the wrong angle on some runs. Uh, a lot of Leighton Van Der Esch's tackles were happening down the field. But that's um, but that's, the, de- but that's the defensive line. Like like the, the, those guys, it, those guys I, should not be making tackles because this guy should be stopped. Uh, should not be getting past the line of scrimmage. I mean, these guys were awful, and the fact that they were able to, you know, that they were able to push our line around and move everybody out inside was it's just it was it was terrible. I want to talk about Sean Lee and Randy Gregory, but let's pause for a second. 
Um, so I can tell you guys about Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by the price or look for seats in the section or row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Um, who do you want to start with, Randy Gregory or Sean Lee? I'll, I'll let you choose. Uh, Sean Lee. Okay, Sean Lee uh, was pretty decent on the first drive, but yet again suffered a hamstring injury. There's a little bit of confusion right now as to what hamstring he injured. Uh, last night he said it was the same one that he hurt before. Today Jason Garrett said it's actually the other one. It doesn't really matter because he's going to be out for the next several weeks. Are we getting to the point with Sean Lee that you know maybe we have to consider potentially moving on from him in the offseason because you just can't afford to pay a guy this much money when you know he's not going to be able to stay healthy for even 10 games now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, I think uh, I mean this is a little bit early to be discussing, but yeah, I mean, I think it's something that we will be talking about in the offseason for sure. I mean, this, uh, you know, the injuries and the money, it's just, it's, it's too much now. And, and I think, you know, there's a, there's just a, a reliability factor. And, 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 you know, the thing is that his, his play seems to have stepped down. So, uh, yeah, I agree. He has not played that well in the first three games this year. He really hasn't. So I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, that's, it's, it's early to, to talk about it, but yeah, I mean, that seems to be possible for sure. And now you're starting to see why they drafted Leighton Vander Esch. I mean, we, I've talked about this on the show. I'm not a huge fan of the player. Didn't love the pick. But this is clearly why they drafted Vander Esch. Is because they knew they could not rely on Sean Lee to play a full season. They had to get somebody else in there in case, not in case, when Sean Lee goes down. And you're seeing Vander Esch now at least look like a competent NFL linebacker. Um, you're going to see him a lot over the next few weeks. Let's talk about Randy Gregory. Uh, two different ways we can go with Gregory. First of all, the penalty was absolutely killer. Uh, you know, you had you had Seattle in a situation where they were either going to kick a 61-yard field goal or they were going to have to throw a Hail Mary. Randy Gregory gets into a little spat with uh, an offensive player, pushes him in the helmet, and it's a 15-yard penalty, and the, the Seahawks are able to gain a field goal right before halftime to give them a 17-13 lead. Obviously, you can't have those. Uh, but what's even more concerning for me is he had he played against Dwayne Brown, a, a guy that's a, still a good tackle in the league, but wasn't able to produce anything at all. Through 42 snaps this season, he has just one pressure. Rod Marinelli, after the game, said, "You know, we have to find somebody other than other than Demarcus Lawrence on that defensive end spot that can create pressure. We didn't have that." 
Are you a little disappointed in what we've seen from Gregory in, in his first two games back this year? Uh, you know, I, I think I I think we haven't seen his ceiling of what I've hoped for him yet. But but I also think he hasn't played poorly. I mean, I think that that play was obviously dumb and stupid and was not very well thought out. Um, you know, but I also think that these guys do stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it's a passionate game. People basically get into a fight every play. This is going to happen, but you can't have that happen on third down and in front of the ref. So, uh, that's the worst part of it. It was right there. He had almost reached over the ref to hit the guy. in the Yeah. Face. So I, I don't know. Um, uh, but no, I'm not, I mean, I think he's played, I think he played the run actually pretty well at times. I mean, uh, so I, you know, I think he, um, I think he will get there. I, I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, he's coming a, a long way back. So that's true. Um, let's talk about the secondary. I, I thought if there was one bright spot in the game, it was Byron Jones's play. I thought Byron Jones was phenomenal once again. Um, but they had some mix-ups in the secondary. One was on a play between uh, Chidobia Wuzier and Xavier Woods in letting a, a guy get open on a slant. Uh, Tyler Lockett uh, hit a big play down the field. What was just some of your overall takeaways from the Cowboys' secondary uh, in week three? I thought the corners played fine. I thought the safeties were, were poor. You know, I, uh, Woods wasn't exceptionally bad or anything, but Frazier played very hot and cold. Um Yes. And so, yeah. Which he's going yeah, to. It's exactly. just the kind it's, it's of player just, that well, he is. He's better as a third The more safety. you expose him, the more he's exposed. You know, so, um, uh, yeah, I just think that that's where we are right now. It was it was poor. It was a rough it, – it was just a rough game all the way around from the Cowboys. Uh, do you feel like – and I know a lot of people on Twitter were, you know, and I know you haven't been on Twitter, but I'm going to ask you this anyways – does this feel like rock bottom for this Cowboys football team in the last two and a half years? Like this is the lowest point that we've been at. I mean, we should be so lucky. <laughs> this isn't that far down, frankly. I mean, we're but yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it, it's it's frustrating because you feel like the this is you're in a passing league where the offenses are. Um, you know, putting up a ton of points, and the Cowboys are just struggling even to get close to the red zone. And I guess that's what's the most frustrating and disappointing thing for me is that you're seeing teams across the league put up points with ease, and the Cowboys make the I, offense. I'm look seeing so hard. a lot it, of it, it, random stuff, and, and and if you're seeing <laughs> like I mean, the Bills beat the Vikings 24 to six in Minnesota yesterday, and so <laughs> that's that's, that's, yes, that's, that's random, basically but. what I'm seeing is that this league has no rhyme or reason to it. It's a week to week season, you know, I, I, like Washington beat Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. All right, so Washington's a good team, dude. I mean, it's like this week they were, you know, like <laughs> I mean, so like this whole idea of you know, I don't know, this whole idea that like that everyone else in the league has got it figured out, but not but not the Cowboys. Like I think the Cowboys are struggling. I think a lot of people are struggling in a lot of different ways. The Cowboys just happen to be struggling. Almost exclusively on offense, and then their defense finally had a craptastic game too. So I, I, I you know, I, I think yeah, it's frustrating. But I mean, this isn't, you know, we're in the same boat with about twenty five other teams. 
probably. To a degree, uh, we can get on this as other show, but when you have a, when you feel like your quarterback and passing game is struggling, I feel like they're in a little bit worse shape than everybody else. But that's a different story. I feel like you uh, felt that's like it that for today's a long show. Time too. Go ahead, Yo, I'll, let you, I'll, I'll let you say. It. I'm just saying. I feel like you felt like that no matter what the situation for a couple years now. Yeah. That's kind of true. <laughs> All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time. Yeah.